Okay, hello there. Welcome back to Driving Theology. My name is Mike, and I am recording today on a day I usually don't do it. I missed my usual recording day. Uh, as I was um, negligent and forgot my little SD card, micro SD card. I thought I had it, thought it was in the machine, got going and it wasn't there, so I ended up not recording one on Wednesday. Uh, but right now I'm just taking a drive. It's probably going to be about a 30 or 40 minute drive, and that should be enough to talk about what I wanted to talk about today, which is going to come into my mind any second, I'm sure. <laughs> I kind of I kind of forgot what it was. Um, let's see, uh, what was going on this week that I read something? Okay, so I listened to a podcast um, by a very well-known, uh, obviously he's a modern author because dead people don't do podcasts. Um, and it was his most recent podcast, uh, by Peter Enns. And Peter Enns is a, uh, what I would consider a theologian and a scholar, and he has written, uh, many books. I'm not going to be able to give you the names of the books because I'm actually... Uh, Peter Enns is actually fairly new to me. Uh, I haven't followed him uh, for very long at all. I have read a book or two of his. And I did catch this podcast. And this podcast had a very uh, catchy title to it. And basically it was something like Peter Enns Ruins Isaiah. Uh, and and the, the premise of his book is that Isaiah is not a book which predicts the coming of Christ, or the Messiah. That Isaiah does not predict the coming of Christ. I was like, whoa, hold on a minute, right? That if there's any book that we think of uh, primarily in that context as Christians, uh, it's Isaiah, and maybe a close second would be the Psalms. Uh, but I think we we believe that Isaiah... Um, in fact, the main reason we read Isaiah, Isaiah today as Christians is to um, be reassured uh, that Christ is who he said he was because he fulfilled prophecies mainly the prophecies in Isaiah. Okay, and so Isaiah is very, very uh, special to Christians. It's one, of the, it's one of the more special books of the Old Testament uh, to those of us who follow the New Testament or the New Covenant. Primarily because we consider it a book that prophesies the coming of Christ. So, of course, I was like, whoa, I, I respect Peter Enns, but what this title seems to be saying goes against everything I've ever been taught uh, and everything I believe right now, right? So, 
course I had to listen to that podcast. And so, in fact, last Wednesday, when I would have been recording my podcast on the way, I wanted to listen to that podcast instead, so I listened to it on the way uh, to work that day instead of recording a podcast. All right, so here's the thing. Peter ends, uh, of course, um, admits that uh, New Testament writers, uh, writers in the Gospels, and even they even quoted Jesus as quoting, uh, I, I believe, prophecies from Isaiah. Um, and so New Testament writers seem, seem to be saying that Isaiah prophesied the coming of Christ. That's that's why they that's why they quote Isaiah in the New Testament. Uh, Paul, for example. Um, so ends first of all he he. That's not the only thing he talked about. That that's probably probably the most controversial controversial part of that podcast. The other being that he believes Isaiah was written by. At least two, possibly three different writers. That only uh, the first part of Isaiah, I believe, up to chapter oh something like thirty-five. I don't remember exactly, but uh, was by Isaiah, written in the eighth century, seventh, eighth century BC, uh, at the time uh, just before the exile. So it was prophesying the exile. And then the rest of it uh, was either written by one author uh, many years later or two authors many years later. Um, but apparently, and I'm not, a, I'm not uh, a big scholar of Isaiah at all, but apparently if you read um, from the first section to the second section, there is a big... Uh, change in tone that is perceived by many, that has been perceived by many that as you go from this chapter to that chapter, it seems to be a whole different writer a whole different book, a whole different tone uh, perhaps a whole different subject matter uh, what have you um, and ends believe this is the case to me that's neither here nor there uh because, you know, I, I don't have any theological reason that books have to be attributed to the people that we have attributed them to. Uh, and much of that is because I believe that if Moses ever wrote anything th- from the first five books, that it was never, that whatever he wrote was never passed on. And the only thing, only parts of those writings that were passed on are. Uh, were preserved in oral tradition, and then later, much later, thousand, a thousand years later at least, they were written down, and that was about the the same time as the exile, right? So, so there is a huge gap between the actual writings of Moses, if they ever existed, uh, and then the eventual writing of the Pentateuch, which seems to have happened, uh, I don't know. Uh, 16, uh, sorry, 26, 2700 years ago, way after Moses died, right? That seems to be what we have 
uh, in the Torah, right? The first five books of the Bible. So, you know, if, if he says that, at, that, that he's found in his scholarship and other people agree that there are two, maybe three authors of Isaiah, it doesn't really bother me. I, I, I would accept that uh, and defer to um, the scholars. However, this, this other part that Isaiah did not, was not writing to predict the Messiah, uh, that I have, I have problems with, uh, and I'm not sure how they can be resolved. Uh, I see what I think to be holes in Peter Enns' argument. Um, and basically his premise is that if, and I may be misquoting this, I would love for people to listen to this podcast and then, and then give me some pushback if, if I am misinterpreting what he said. In fact, I'll probably listen to it again uh, sometime soon. Uh, but if, if he is saying that because Isaiah did not realize that he was predicting something uh, hundreds of years in the future, but only thought he was predicting something within 10 years in the future, and therefore uh, the, the, the um, longer-term predictions can't be true, uh, I'm not sure I accept that. I don't. I don't think prophecy uh, has to be um, known. I, I think if if the Holy Spirit has any influence at all in the writing of Scripture, and of course, you know, I've talked about this uh, for a long time, and uh, many times in the podcast, I'm, I don't believe that the the Scriptures were dictated by. Uh, the mouth of God, perhaps through angels. I don't believe they're dictated. I believe that God used his influence and allowed people with free will and with a perspective or a hermeneutic uh, that God allowed them to write what they would write all the while trying to influence them without um, violating their free will, tried to influence them to write the right thing, but being willing to accept an imperfect um, accounting of what God wanted to be said. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Uh, that sentence was way too long for me to remember where it started. Uh, Yeah, so I don't don't have a problem um, with scripture not being perfect in a way that we consider uh, perfect in today's um, today's world uh, you know mathematically perfect uh, but I think I think God used his influence to be sure that the core um, the core message survived right that the the, the, the um, that the meat, if you will, of the Bible was intact. And that meat, I think, would uh, comprise um, the, the narrative, right? 
the narrative that says um, the Messiah is coming. Uh, God is on the job. He is doing everything he can to bring about the salvation uh, and reconciliation of the world. Uh, and sure, there may be some details in the Bible uh, where writers got things wrong. Honestly, I might add, got things wrong. Who knows? Maybe even dishonestly. But that the core message um, that Christ wanted to use the scripture for, mainly to point the world to him so that they can enjoy the salvation which he offers. Um, then I think the Bible is infallible in that way. I think it 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 does not fail to um, to be true to the the core narrative, right, of the Bible. Um, but what Peter ends is saying is that because uh, because Isaiah was unaware that he was prophesying the coming of the Christ. Therefore, he was not prophesying the coming of the Christ. I, I'm just not sure that holds water. I'm not sure you have to you have to um, understand everything you're writing in order to uh, obediently write what God wants you to write. Does that make sense? I don't think you have to have... Um, full knowledge of why you are writing uh, as long as you believe God is leading you to write and that you are writing for him and that's basically what the prophets were doing right they were they were writing at, at the behest of God in order to warn the people and thereby protect them from the consequences uh, of the actions they may do if they do not heed the message right and Let's be honest, they almost never heeded the message, right? They never listened to the prophets. In fact, they killed the prophets. Um, I just don't think a prophet would have to have full knowledge of what he was writing in order to write it. And I also don't think that, that God could not adjust again with, with the same... Uh, with the same... Um, how would you say, uh, the same method of not um, violating human rights, especially the right of free will. Uh, that, that he would not perhaps um, adjust the future to be in line with uh, ancient writings in order to kind of get a double usage uh, out of said scripture, right? Uh, now the problem is again that you think, you know, you think God is is a God who sets the future uh, in stone and then makes it happen, right? If you believe in that God, then you're not going to agree with what I have to, you know, the the theory that I'm offering here. Um, this is just a, you know, uh, a, 
a, a hypothesis or an idea at best. But I think I think um, future events are much more plastic uh, than we give them credit for, uh, and I believe that. Um, instead of the future being written in stone, I think there is a lot of room uh, for, for us to create our own future in a sense. And who knows, we may even surprise God uh, by being better uh, by being better than he thought we were going to be and therefore he needs to adjust here and there. Uh, you know, for example, even though you know he was planning to bring Christ to the world, um, I think that you know that was he was coming to the world as Christ. I guess a better way to say that he had been planning on coming into the world as Christ uh, for some time, uh, but exactly how that happened, right? I feel like there's got to be some uh, wiggle room, some flexibility. Right, and that he had to uh, make some choices here and there as events unfolded, and as people using their free will made choices, uh, he he had to uh, manipulate is probably the wrong word, um, but he had to adapt, right, in order to bring salvation to the world in the flow of human events. Uh, that were transpiring in real time, right? Um, I can't remember who said this. It may have been Gregory Boyd. Uh, but there, there is this, of course, this idea that God is um, omniscient. In other words, he has all knowledge. Uh, and usually that that goes to God knows the future. God knows exactly what's going to happen in the future. Excuse me. And that's the traditional view, right? The traditional view is that God knows exactly what's going to happen in the future, and therefore there is no adjusting, uh, adapting um, that has to happen with him. He knows exactly what's going to happen. And therefore, uh, nothing ever surprises him and nothing catches him off guard. But I believe it was Boyd said, just because he has all knowledge doesn't mean that he sees time in the way we assume he would because we assume he's all-powerful. And that's another word we have to somehow define. You know, beings who are not omniscient and beings who are not omnipotent, defining omniscience and um, omnipotency, uh, omnipotence uh, is problematic, right? We, we don't even know what that would be. We, we don't even know what that would look like. We have nothing to, to compare it to. Um, it could be that God having all knowledge or at least his knowledge is so much greater than ours that he is able to predict the future with a much better accuracy than we could ever do, right? Uh, because he has always been, and we assume he doesn't uh, lose his memory, that he, he is able to remember everything he has seen as God, 
uh, who and he has lived for eternity. Therefore, he has a lot more experience, a lot more uh, access to all of the things that have ever happened in the world. And therefore, he takes this knowledge and he is able to predict, knowing man than man better than man knows himself. He's able to predict what man will do and how the earth will react to you know, the things that man does and therefore he can predict with great accuracy what will happen. Although, uh, although things can change. And there is some precedent for this in scripture. I mean, you know, take, uh, take the story of um, Jonah. Right, and the Ninevites. Uh, we God sends a warning to the Ninevites through Jonah: change, you know, repent, or you will be destroyed. The Ninevites repent, and so God does not destroy them. Right, that they are able to change their fate through their uh, exercising of free will. Right, through exercising their free will, they're able to change. Um, the outcome of what would have been, right? And so when God gives us warnings, even though he can see um, what what probably will happen if we don't change, he may not have the kind of foreknowledge that we think he has. And at any rate, we don't have that kind of knowledge. So how in the world would we know what that would look like for God to have that knowledge? Right, it's it's just a guess at best, and, and we have no idea about time. You know, we have movies about time travel all the time, and 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 these kinds of things. And but you know, we really don't know anything about it. We we don't travel in time, right? Um, it's not something we've been able to do yet, as far as we know. And you know, even if God does have some kind of command of uh, past, current, and future events that looks like time travel, uh, we still would not be able to experience it in the same way that God does, and we haven't witnessed how he experiences it. So anyway, we have no concept of what it would mean to be uh, omnipresent, right? That's another way that we talk about being outside of time. Um, man, how did I get off on this tangent. Where, where did I start? Good grief. So, so, uh, yeah, so, so back to my original point is that Peter ends, um, I feel like he's, he's discounting the influence that God could have on, um, Isaiah, in writing something that maybe he did not, uh, that Isaiah did not uh, quite understand, but Isaiah wrote it nonetheless, right? And in that way predicted the coming of the Messiah. Um, the other thing is, I, you know, if, if you discount Isaiah, surely you have to go through everything else, right? The Psalms. Uh, any of the, the minor prophets that, that have uh, prophecies of the Messiah. 
any of any of the prophecies to me are now fair game if you're going to take away Isaiah and if that's the case in what way does the Bible point to Jesus if it doesn't predict his coming does that make sense um, because Jesus himself said to the Pharisees you search the scriptures because in them you think you will have eternal life but it is they that point to me right he's saying that the scriptures don't contain eternal life I you know Jesus is saying quote I am the life right I I give eternal life I have come that you may have life Christ is life in Christ you can have eternal life not in the scriptures the scriptures right the scriptures point to Christ right and Christ is where you will find life uh, this is also the, the problem I have with uh, biblicists or textualists if you will people who who say that every single word of the Bible is perfect and infallible and what's the other word they use uh, uh, Bible is is oh, I can't remember the other infallible word um, basically it means the same thing but basically every single letter every dot and tittle as the Old Testament says uh, is from the mouth of God uh, and then they tell you exactly how and what exactly what God meant by those things even though somebody else may disagree um, there you know this this idea that the Bible is that kind of a perfect book. I still believe it's the best book ever written and it's it is miraculous to an extent. But I think it's it's more simply like what Jesus says, the Bible is meant to point us in the right direction. Anyway, uh, this is meant to be somewhat of a a very humble obviously rebuttal to Peter Enns's um uh idea that that Isaiah was not uh, prophesying or predicting the coming of Christ. Uh, I will agree that Isaiah may not have known he was doing so, uh, but I think I think it's pretty safe to say that Isaiah, Isaiah did predict the coming of Christ, even if he did it ignorantly. Um, and yes, maybe he was also predicting something else at the same time. You know. Uh, exactly you know what that was I think we can kind of you know leave to uh, leave up to our imaginations um, but but I don't think it's I'm, I, it, I don't see why he thought it was important to make that assumption I I think he's gonna have to expand on this maybe he's got a book on it maybe a books coming out on it I don't see the point of saying yes it really looks like it's talking about Christ but because it actually applies within 10 years of when he wrote it therefore it can't apply to Christ to me that just doesn't I don't know it's it it discounts again I think it discounts the influence that God can have on us and can have on a man who has dedicated his life uh, to to the Lord um, 
and is willing to be brave enough to face his people and tell them how um, and where they are going wrong. Right? I, I, I don't know. It just seems seems a little bit uh, short-sighted to me, I suppose, is one way to say this. I just feel like it he can be right and 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 it can also be predicting the coming of Christ at the same time without diminishing anything. I, I, don't, I don't know why it couldn't be all all of that, right? All of that and more. Why not? not is my question. So I have come here to Costco. Ooh, I see a parking spot I want to get if I can. Yeah, I'm actually here shopping uh, for my cafe. It's time to smoke some meat. Get into cameo and buy eight pork shoulders. I'm gonna be smoking this weekend. And maybe I'll grab some other meat that I can smoke for the family. Might be nice. Anyway, uh yeah, so this has been my rebuttal to uh Peter Enz's recent uh it's not just Peter Inns by himself. There's another guy. Sorry, I can't remember. And this is the name of the podcast, something about the Bible for normal people. Maybe that's what his new podcast is called, The Bible for Normal People. And uh, I think this episode was something about, um, was it destroying? Maybe that's the wrong word he used. Destroying Isaiah or something like that. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm just not sure it's it's helpful to say it the way he said it. I, I think he could have been a little bit, could have exercised a little bit more humility and say that it looks like Isaiah did not understand uh, and that, you know, why couldn't there be a possibility that he did not know he was predicting Christ and predicted Christ nonetheless because of the... Uh, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit around him who who was influencing him to write for God, you know. Um, and again, I use the word influence because I, I don't think God uh, is a puppet master. I don't think he has complete control over anybody. Um, I don't think he wants automatons. Automatons? Automatons? Automata, I think it's automatons. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> automatons, I think is what it is. Uh, man, I know I went off on some tangents and I kind of lost my train of thought a couple times. Sorry about that. That happens when I drive and I get in a really long, in a long sentence and I kind of go off, go off the rails. That's probably why I should start doing this with guests at some point. Uh, which I hope is going to be coming in the future. I, I hope to really sit down maybe with some friends and uh, work on the format, get some ideas, uh, and make this more of a collaborative thing. Uh, I think probably it has served its original purpose of what I wanted it to do for me. Um, and maybe I can take it to a place that will help uh, even more people in the future. I don't know. 
uh, we'll just see. Anyway, thank you guys for listening as always. By the way, we've, uh, we have nearly doubled, um, what, how does SoundCloud put it? So this is all hosted on SoundCloud, these podcasts. And I think this year we will have as many listens as we have had in the previous five years. I think we're going to double this year what we've done in all the previous years combined. I think we're on, on track for that, more or less. Uh, and I'm blown away. We, we have over 16,000 listens. Uh, and it started off very, very small. Uh, to where now we have, you know, maybe sometimes even 100 listens a day, uh, which is amazing. Um, that would be a good day. That's not the average by any, by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm, I'm humbled by, by how well it seems to be doing. I, I would love to have more feedback. I don't, if any of you c- could suggest a format to where we could have a little bit more of a community, uh, I would totally be into that. Uh, I would love to have a Zoom. Oh, that would be great, actually. Maybe I will just invite some of you guys that I know listen more regularly to a a Zoom uh, message that we can record uh, and um, maybe put on, yeah, maybe put it up on, on uh, Driving Theology. Uh and, you know, I'm still looking at other possibilities of doing something uh, live and or with video. Um, I'm not getting any younger, so it's probably the time to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, thank you guys for listening so much. I appreciate you more than you know. Bye-bye.